to This Grit and Grace Life, a podcast for strong women and those who want to be. From the boardroom to the bedroom, car lines to college, single, married, or single again, real talk for women embracing this grit and grace life. Let's get into it. Hey friends, and welcome to another episode of This Grit and Grace Life podcast. I'm Julie Graham, and hey, you, what's your name? <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm Darlene Brock. <laughs> um, I, I feel like we talk a lot on this show about coffee, and I just thought our friends might like to know a little bit more about what's in our cup. So, Miss Darlene Brock, excuse me, Mrs. Darlene Brock, how do you take your coffee? When Dan delivers it to you, how yeah. does he serve it? He serves it with one package of stevia. He has it stirred. Honestly, the man puts a spoon in it, puts the package of stevia in it, and hands it to me. Now, that's home. That's that's how I get it from my precious husband. If I go out, it's dessert coffee. Oh, like what? Mm. Like, what's your Starbucks order? Because uh, praise car- the Lord, we can finally go to Starbucks oh, again. Oh, isn't that the truth? I love caramel macchiatos. Mm, yes, hot or iced? Iced. Okay. How about you? Iced. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Uh, um, I actually really like, I used to love Frappuccinos. Now I'm only thinking about Starbucks. Um, but now I just do an iced espresso with a, actually I have lots of annoying white girl stuff thrown on the top of it. That's like so extra. You do? Mm-hmm. It's uh, dumb. Okay. Dumb. Yeah. Oh, but oh, Starbucks, right? That's a treat. I like that you said that. Yeah, it is a treat. Okay. But what do you do at home in case I ever need to make your coffee for you? That's never going to happen, but that's really cute. No, it's probably not. Um, as I thought about this idea for starting the show, I thought, well, I like my coffee with a side of Bible. If you follow me <laughs> at all on yes, the socials, true. it is literally, they go together. I, I've had people kind of say, well, could you read your Bible without coffee? No. Why would I do that? <laughs> I mean, yes, I can, but I genuinely enjoy the two together. I have really gotten into the Califia Farms almond milk creamers. Oh. I know. That's like sounds so bougie, but I, I really enjoy that. And I definitely add sugar-free syrup that I got hooked on because of Starbucks. Okay. So, so are we but saying hot coffee at home? Coffee snob. Yes, 100. Yeah. Got it. It definitely didn't used to be, right? Like I've become more of a coffee snob since we've known each other. Also, I brew an espresso at home and it's next level. Yeah. Yeah, you do. You still haven't made that for me. I know because I I think that you won't appreciate it. I think that you want to be curing for the rest of your life. (laughs) Yeah, I'll just take coffee. Because you drink 37 cups a day. I don't know that you can afford to go an espresso. No, and understand that, you know, I do truck stop coffee. So what the heck? Oh my gosh, that's amazing. Yeah. All right. So actually, we'd love to know how you take your coffee. When you listen to this show, just go ahead and DM us and either screenshot us your Starbucks order or how you take your coffee at home. But speaking of our friends, that's actually one of my favorite things of doing the show is when somebody reaches out and you know answers a question that we've posed on a previous episode or says, when Dar said that, I laughed so hard or please talk about this on an upcoming episode. It genuinely makes my day, and I always send you a screenshot because you don't do the socials. <laughs> <laughs> You're absolutely right. And we we will talk about anything, Julie. You know, our intro says, from the boardroom to the bedroom, and it does. We, we're not afraid of any subject. I'd never blush. Occasionally, I think you do, but not I know. I often. almost said, well, we haven't really talked about the bedroom, but lies. Of yeah. course we have. Yeah, we have. We yeah, just we have. had Dr. Miller on recently talking about our sex lives. Exactly. Don't miss that one. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, like when we said that, the idea is that we want this show to really discuss every area of a grit and grace woman's life, every part of our day, every relationship, every struggle, every circumstance, and every milestone. 
Well, and in that, we are both women whose faith is very, very important to us. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we'll talk about it a little bit. Some episodes, we don't talk about it at all. (gasps) And some episodes, we go a little bit deeper Mm -hmm. on how that affects our lives. And isn't that just like normal life and normal conversation? Like sometimes I'll be getting Starbucks with a friend and we're talking about coffee and lashes. And other times we're talking about struggles of our faith. That's real normal life. And one of the reasons we started this show is because we wanted to be a place where that was okay, that we are Christian women who are talking about what it's really like to be women of strength and ultimately recognize that our strength comes from God, but that he also walks with us all the time. And sometimes we're talking to him and about him and sometimes we're not. And that's normal and okay. Well, and that leads us to a recent question from one of our listeners is, how is your faith part of your life? What is it you do to grow in your faith or even to begin a faith with Jesus? And we decided we hadn't really talked about that in full in this episode. We're going to do that. So you might be listening and you've been a Christian since you were five years old. You remember praying to, you know, ask Jesus to come into your heart, or maybe you're, I don't know, Pastor Scott, who listens to us, or maybe you're not quite sure if you believe in God or are open to the idea of learning more about him, but you have a lot of questions. Our hope is that in this episode, you'll find practical ways to interweave a relationship with Jesus into every single part of your life, because that's ultimately what he wants to do and in a loving way and not in a judgy or intrusive way. Well, and we hope you already know this about us. We're not perfect. No. We don't have everything all figured out, and we're not going to do it all right. Mm. But we are going to pursue our faith, and the starting place is finding it. Mm. Where does it begin? Yeah, what, what does it mean to say that you're a Christian? I mean, I think there are a lot of us who would identify as saying, you know, I love God or I believe in God, but that word Christian actually has real meaning. It, it actually means little Christ, which I wouldn't go around and say, I'm Julie, I'm a little Christ. That would sound weird. Well, and if I said it, it'd be a very, 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 very little Christ. Wait, because you're little? <laughs> yeah, oh no, well, maybe, oh. but no. <laughs> Just because I would, to, to put myself in that level doesn't feel quite appropriate. I love that I made that a short thing. <laughs> yeah, you did. Short jokes here. Sorry. Yeah, thanks, See, Julie. real life. This is what real life is. Um, but yeah, so being a Christian actually means that you have chosen to identify with Christ, that you believe that you needed someone to come into your life and into your heart to make you right with God. That's what a Christian is. So it means there's been a moment in time where you recognized, hey, I'm a sinner. Like I can't stop sinning for one day. We've talked about this. I can't stop sinning for 10 minutes. And because of that, I want to be right with God and I need another one in my place. And the Bible says that Jesus came, lived a perfect life, lived a life we could not live, then died a death on the cross that we could not die in our place. And then when we put our faith and our trust in him, we became a Christian, forgiven and bought back for God. There is a big chasm between us and God, and Jesus was sent to fill that. So that has to be our starting place. We have to recognize that and realize that when he did, and he did raise again to life, that gave us the opportunity to do so too. So if I'm a Christian, does that mean I um, 
you know, I know I'm a Christian because I do all the right things now because I love Jesus? No. No. Quick answer. No, no, that does not mean that at all. And in this life, we're not going to do all the right things. And it's not, the relationship with God is not about what we do. Amen. It's about the acceptance of the grace that's given to us. And hopefully that encourages us to give grace to other people as well. I've, I've heard people say kind of over the years, especially when I was new to faith and trying to understand it, like, well, how do you get to heaven? And a lot of times the answer is, well, you do good things and, you know, you, then you get to go to heaven. And, and the great news is that's actually not how it works. You put your faith in Jesus who did the good for you, and then you get to go and spend eternity in heaven with Jesus. And yeah, you probably do more good things after coming into a relationship with Jesus because he does change us and he grows us and we want to please him with our lives, but it's not based on what we do. When the chasm is closed between us and God, it becomes personal. Mm. It's no longer a distant knowing of someone or about someone. It is actually knowing that person. Mm. And when Jesus made that step to come to this world, we become friends with him. He Mm. actually calls us his friend. That means we can have a relationship that involves every part of our life Mm. and be comfortable with it. So you maybe remember a moment where you recognized that you wanted to have a relationship with God and maybe you said a prayer that somebody helped you to know what to say and there's not magic in a prayer like that. And and then there are people who are like, I don't really remember a moment, but I know in the center of my being that I'm living this life because of God and for God. And it, it can be either way. That makes some people feel uncomfortable. But at the end of the day, if you believe what the Bible says, about needing to have faith in Jesus in order to be saved, then you are a Christian. And if you're not quite there yet, you're just learning about God, we're so glad that you're listening to this episode. And and our hope is to give you some practical applications of what that could look like as you continue to seek God out. Because the cool thing is, is he's seeking you. Like right now, he's seeking every single one of us, maybe for the first time, or maybe as part of our ongoing personal relationship with him. So no matter where you are in your relationship with God, whether you're the beginning, you've been at it a long time, or you're somewhere in the middle, the goal of our faith is not to know more about God. It's to know God. It's to know Him better. And to do that, you kind of have to go to His resource. You have to start with, hey, He gave you a Bible, which is literally His Word. So you have to start there. I know people ask me all the time, you know, how do I grow in my faith or how do I, you know, how do I know God? You got to read the Bible. And then of course the next question is, uh, how do I do that? Do I have to and why and how? And and I think we can overcomplicate it. Like uh, let's let's get real. It doesn't have to be that complicated. No, it does not. Um you open it up. <laughs> And you read. It's kind of simple. Wait, no, you pour the coffee. Oh, you pour the coffee. (laughs) So you could comprehend some of what you're reading. So coffee first, then Mm -hmm. open the Bible and read. And you do not have to be a biblical scholar. You don't have to have gone to seminary. You don't have to be what's termed as a theologian, someone who understands everything, Mm -hmm. which... Okay, guys, there are a lot of great theologians out there, but I'm telling you, they don't understand everything any more than Mm -hmm. the rest of us. They may understand more, but they don't understand everything. So you have your starting place. And the Bible actually says that it is the Holy Spirit, part of the Godhead, who teaches you. Mm -hmm. 
who helps you understand the things you read. So whether it's a chapter or a verse, Mm -hmm. just read something. I love that you said that you might not understand it. I mean, I've been reading the Bible regularly for, let's see, if I'm 35 and I started doing it, I was like 18. I'm not really good with math. So a long time. Uh, (laughs) And there are still times that I come across things. I'm like, I don't know what that means. Sure. And sometimes I just move on. Like, I don't know what that means. And I just keep reading. I know. Maybe that's a sin. <laughs> it and, is not. Okay. Times, it is not, Julie. It is not a sin. <laughs> Thank it's you. okay. And then other times I'm like, huh, I don't know what that means. So I'll go to some tools and resources. I use the Googles to try to learn what that might mean. And all of that is really okay. Like when you first started reading the Bible, what did that look like for you? Mm. I I mean, I've, I've read the Bible since I was a kid because I grew up in church. Okay. So you did that. Um, but I, as I've said before, I walked away from God for quite a while. When I came back, it was like, I'm going to go deep. So <laughs> I read so much every day. Oh, like you wanted to like be able to say you read a lot. Yeah, but lovely truth, arrogance came yeah, with that. Yeah. You know, this, oh, well, I've read da, 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 da. And then I went from arrogance to like turning to the book of Revelation and going, hey, it starts with... Anybody who reads this will be blessed. Well, why wouldn't I want that? That works for me. So I read the book of Revelation. Do you think I had a clue Hmm. what it said? Nope. Uh Uh-uh. I really didn't at the time, but I read it. So I figured it said I'd get blessed. So shoot fire. I'm going to do that. Yeah. And since I've read it a lot and studied it and learned more, but what I can tell you from my lots of years of reading the Bible is that I have learned that I know less, I've learned more, but I know less and I have more to learn than I thought when I first started. I love that. I mean, I know when I first started reading the Bible, I was I was just excited to have the potential to spend time with God and maybe hear something from Him. And I, it wasn't fancy. Um, a lot of times it was, you know, the old open the Bible and put your finger down and just start reading there. Um, you know, which I don't necessarily recommend. I don't think that's the best way to read the Bible, but there's nothing wrong with any way that you read the Bible, unless you're reading it to try to like, you know, get your own way or something that maybe is wrong, but it's, it's just, just start, just start and spend whatever available time you have. Um, I know early on, I really relied heavily on Bible studies you know, written by, um, you know, church leaders, both of today and, you know, that are long gone. I I think those can be helpful resources, but again, there's really no right way to do it. It's all about your heart and your desire. Like, why are you opening the scriptures? If it's to spend time with God and to get to know him more, that will bear fruit in your life. Well, and I think you have to realize too, that it will come in layers. You will learn more about God and understand what he, who He is mm-hmm. and what He's capable of over time. This morning I read, I'm reading the book of Matthew, and I read chapter 8, and the disciples had just seen Jesus heal people both near Him and away from Him. They had just seen Him deliver people from demons. Then they get in a boat, mm-hmm. and they go out on the water, and He's with them, and there's a storm. And he calms the storms. And you know what they said? Who is this man that he can actually calm storms? Well, they just saw all this other stuff. You'd think they would have figured out that he's capable of this too, but they're no different than us. We learn more about him the more time we spend with him. So true. And not just reading the Bible. I think another really important part of 
knowing God and getting to know him and the fact that this relationship is so personal is prayer. And I think that word can make people feel a little bit uncomfortable. Like how many hours a day do you spend in prayer, Dar? Mm. Well, it's like three minutes here <laughs> and four minutes there. And mm-hmm. oh, I forgot this one. Minutes? God's like full minutes? Well, no, not oh, necessarily. Good. Sometimes oh, I'm it's like, I don't know seconds. that I do full minutes. No, I, my prayer, uh, being totally honest, my prayer goes in waves. Mm-hmm. If I really want to focus, I, I have a prayer journal. Mm-hmm. But that's because my attention span is that of a gnat. True. Um, so if I really want to sit down and have a long conversation with God, I write it out. Yeah. You know. Me too. But the rest of my day, some days I might go start my morning saying, morning, Lord, it's good to see you. Oh, yeah, I can't see you, but I know you're here. <laughs> and then, you know, throughout the day, I may or may not talk to him and then try to end my day. So it, it is like all of your other relationships. There is an ebb and flow. And sometimes you have long conversations and sometimes you have short ones, but you always retain the relationship. I, I hope that as you hear that, you hear us just being super honest. Like this is legit how our relationship with the Lord is. And don't be um, nervous about prayer and, and doing it right. Literally, Jesus teaches that it's not about the words that we say. When he gives us the Lord's prayer, he's like, okay, so don't get up and get all excited about reciting certain words and phrases. Just talk to your father in heaven. He knows what you need and put him first, acknowledge who you're talking to, and then just share what's on your heart and your mind, and then trust that he already knows those things and he has a plan for you. Absolutely. And I do think that sometimes it can get intimidating thinking you are talking to God, you know, that you are talking to the creator of the universe. Mm -hmm. But what you have to remember is he is crazy about you. Mm -hmm. He loves us in a way that we are not loved by anyone else. And there is nothing that we can do that will stop that. Sometimes that thought is both scary and incredibly freeing to me. Have you ever felt that? Definitely do, Julie. I definitely have both of those emotions because I am not equally as loving toward him. Mm. He sticks with me. He loves me. He doesn't give up on me mm-hmm. more than I feel toward him. Absolutely. You know, yeah. it's different. And then that makes me think, oh, I'm such a bad Christian because I don't love him like he loves me again. There's nothing I can do that makes him love me any less. Or any more. Like you're not going to do good and make him love you more, which is the beautiful picture of what it is to actually be loved by God. We do want to give you some practical you know, ideas on how you can start reading the Bible or maybe even start praying because in the beginning, if you're trying to start these habits... You literally don't know what to do, and that's okay. And and our goal would be to put a couple simple tools into your hands. We'll put them in the show notes and talk through a couple of them because you got to start somewhere. I mean, we talk about this in every area of our life. If you don't know how to, you know, ride a bike, you got to go buy the bike and put on the training wheels and then slowly, you know, take them off and practice and all. I don't know. I didn't teach Lincoln how to ride his bike. I have no idea how to give that (laughs) example, but you know what I'm saying? You don't start something and be awesome at it right away. When you want to start reading your Bible, there's some simple tools out there. There are Bible apps that are really easy to follow, downloaded. They even offer things like individual devotions on subjects, Mm -hmm. or if you want to do particular Bible studies. I mean, if you're dealing with anxiety, you can find devotions on anxiety, and they will give you reminders every day. Hey, it's time to read today's devotion, and it'll get you started. It's an easy way to to begin. 
there's also, you know, maybe you, maybe you want to actually have your regular paper Bible and just set a time and a place that you sit down every day with five to 10 minutes and just open up to the passage that you want to read. I, I usually recommend that you pick a book and read the book all the way through like people who read books do. But <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, Julie, I'm proud of you. You, you know, because if the you Bible, were going to pick up a book, you wouldn't start on page 37 and just read a paragraph. No, you wouldn't. Yeah. So it's generally best to start at the beginning of a book and just read it through however long it takes you to get it through. But one of the things that my church has actually taught us to do is to simply take whatever the passages that you're looking at, whether it's a paragraph of five verses or just one verse or a whole chapter, and look for the three Ps of God in that passage. Where do you see God's power, his presence, or his promises? And sometimes the passage has all three. Sometimes you only see one or two, but it gives you kind of a framework to, okay, this is the passage that I read. Where do I see these three things from God? I'll, I'll put this in the show notes, and I'll also put a couple different ways that you can read the Bible to help you. I think the goal is to not just read it and walk away, but to read it and know how it applies to your life. Yeah, you know, the Bible actually tells us to meditate on it. I'm that really means, good at meditating. Yeah. Not. No. Maybe when you exercise, no. you meditate. No? Yeah, like, when will it be over? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's simply just think about it. Ponder it. Let it kind of absorb into your mind and into your heart. And when you do that, you'll be surprised when you need that verse at some point in the future, because you will, it's going to come back. So those are super, super basic starting places on how to read the Bible. We talked a little bit about prayer too. Um, and I know something that I've done that's like mega simple is I've put a daily reminder on my phone at two o'clock. It pops up every day at two o'clock and it just says, pray for Lincoln. And a lot of days I don't, like I just swipe it away. But a couple times a week, it actually makes me stop and think about whatever he's doing right now or if he's you know facing a certain struggle. It's a reminder to stop and pray about that thing. And it might be for 12 seconds, but that's a simple way to incorporate prayer into your life. There's also some blogs and podcasts that are faith specific that will help you learn more about living this life of faith. And again, often subject specific, but the reality is people are people mm -hmm. and you hear what God has perhaps taught them and you glean from it, but you always go back to the source. You always go back to the Bible. Yeah, obviously we want you to listen to podcasts like this one, um, but I think it's really important what you just said there, that we got to always weigh some human's words against God's. And, and that's why we have to actually be able to read the Bible for ourselves, but it's totally okay to learn from other people as well. In fact, I'm going to put in the show notes a couple articles from our own site on practical ways to start reading the Bible just to get you started. I think the other thing we have to do as people of faith is hang around other people of faith. Now, we're not saying exclusively because that's wrong too. We're not saying those are your only friends, those are the only people you put in your life, but we are saying you have to have them. You have to have that community that shares what you believe. You have to go where they go, which yeah. could be church or Bible study. You have to be among them. Wait, do you have to go to church and Bible study? <laughs> you know, the good news <laughs> is we're not under the law. Mm -hmm. We are under grace and God gives us a pass. Mm -hmm. Go to Bible study. 
you're going to be around fellow believers. Go to church, you're going to be around fellow believers. Sit in your living room with people that you share faith with, and you will be with fellow believers, and you're sharing community with them. That's important. So I think you're saying the answer is no. (laughs) (laughs) I am, and I'm not saying don't go to church, because I think it's a really important part of our life. Because in that context, we're both being taught And we're, as a community, growing together. We help each other become better Mm -hmm. when we do it as a collective. So I'm not saying don't go. Go, okay? But I'm not saying that your faith is going to be less. If you miss a Sunday or two or three, Mm -hmm. it's okay. Well, to clarify, I was asking if we had to go to Bible study, um, but I actually really love the way you unpack that because I, I think you're right. We we have to be a part of biblical community. The Bible says that we should not forsake gathering together. I'll put some verses in the show notes, but literally the Bible tells us that we should spend time stirring up the faith of other believers. It says that we should be having meals together. It says that we should read the scripture together. Um, So I really think there's biblical proof for being a part of the church universal, meaning every person in the entire world that loves Jesus. And I think there's incredible benefits of being part of a local church, whatever that looks like for you. Well, and that's really important to us that we are not pushing a denomination or a specific church. We are saying whatever church you go to needs to adhere to the Bible and have the basic beliefs of what it takes to build a relationship with Christ, to begin it and to build it. But that doesn't mean it comes in one size or looks one way, because we don't come in one size Mm -hmm. or look one way. We're a diverse population, a diverse family, and we should be able to share with people who are like us, share our faith with those who are like us. If you are looking for a church, which we would highly recommend, um, I'll actually put a link in the show notes to an article we have on how to pick a local church. But literally just go, just check it out. You know, if somebody's invited you, just give it a chance and give it a few tries because you know what? There's people there and people can be just, you know, not great sometimes. Yeah. It's not going to be a perfect place, folks. It's just not because we all are there. One thing that I think you'll find to be true is that as you grow in your faith, it can and should affect every other part of your life. Mm -hmm. It should affect your relationships whether it is marital, dating, single, looking for someone, not looking for someone, whether it's your friendships, Mm -hmm. it should affect how you approach them and what you expect from them. It's going to affect the way you parent and the way you interact with your parents. It's going to affect the way you behave in the workplace, who you are there to serve, whether you work for Target I always love to say that. Um, Or you work in the church or you work at home caring for your family. The biggest thing I think it affects is your identity, self-worth, and confidence. Absolutely, Julie. And I think that if we allow our faith to affect every single one of those areas, then we approach them with a more healthy attitude, with a more hopeful attitude, And we actually have a chance at succeeding in them when we do it based on how our faith teaches us to live. 
Dar, I wish we had time to really unpack every single kind of individual area of that. But I think that you and I should maybe take that to a video series Ooh. and um, maybe, you know, what does it look like to have faith in your marriage or dating life? Or how do you parent with a Christian, you know, value set? Or what does it look like to be a woman with a career who's a Christian? I think we should do some videos on that. You down for that? Yes. Oh, you were so reluctant, but you're getting so good at it. Oh, thank you. I hope you guys follow us on social because we've definitely been doing more videos lately. We've got more YouTube content. And so um, I think we're going to go ahead and do a little mini series on some of these specific areas on, and what that looks like and how you can practically apply faith in every single area of your grit and grace life, because it really is part of every single thing we experience. And we don't want you to think that having a life of faith is going to eliminate all the hurt and heartache and challenges. Mm. It's not. And it's not going to absolutely guarantee that we're going to handle them all perfectly well. (laughs) It's not. I just nervous laughed. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, you did. (laughs) But it's true. We're Mm -hmm. not. But it does mean that we have a partner in this life, uh, uh, someone who will lead us and help us and strengthen us through every single one of those. So most likely at some point during this episode, you have a question, (laughs) something you want to know more about, or you want to say, but what about, or how come? And first, I just want to say the cool thing about a relationship with God is that he can handle our questions. He invites our questions. And so step one would be to go to God with those things you want to know more about. And I trust that he will show up for you in those things. You can definitely come to us, Julie and I, with questions. And, you know, we, we've learned a little bit in life, but we may not have all of the answers. If we do, we'd love to share them with you. So go to the website, go to gracelife.com, and you will find places all over it where you can submit messages that will come to us, and we'd love to hear from you. I think our goal in doing this episode, Dar, is just to kind of open that dialogue of faith is part of every single nook and cranny of our lives. And and that's hope. The fact that God walks with us and and does every single thing with us and that he's waiting to hear from us is the kind of good news that we all need to hear. So we hope that you've been encouraged by this episode. Like Dar said, we'd love to hear from you. If this episode has helped you, I would just ask that you would share it with somebody else that you think it might be able to help. Maybe you screenshot it and send it via social media or you share about it on social media or text it to a friend that you know maybe is asking questions that we've started to talk about here today. So we want to end this episode with a quote from the source of our faith, and that would be the Bible. This is Romans 12, 1. So here's what I want you to do. God helping you take your everyday, ordinary life, your sleeping, eating, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering, embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for Him. We pray that this episode has encouraged your grit and grace life. Thanks for listening to another episode of this Grit and Grace Life podcast brought to you by the Grit and Grace Project. Whether you're listening in Apple, Spotify, or streaming somewhere else, be sure to subscribe and review so you never miss an upcoming episode. You can also share this episode with a friend you think might enjoy living a grit and grace life with us or share us in your social media and tag us. Every week, we share all the details of what we discussed at our website, gritandgracelife.com. We'll catch you on the next one.